We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my dear one, my darling, my sweet thing, my soul sibling. How are you on this beautiful, beautiful today, day today? So I want to talk to you about the qualities of the soul versus the qualities of ego. You know, one of those quotes that just kind of keeps resonating and bouncing around in my mind is that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. We are souls. We are a spirit. We are star stuff. And for a while, we're residing in our beautiful, sacred, physical vehicles to experience this reality of duality. And sometimes if we are too far away from our awareness that we are indeed all of one, all of God, we can go to the place of unhealthy ego, a sense of separation that creates great pain and challenges. And I think it's important to have compassion. The ego isn't the bad guy. The ego wants to protect us and keep us safe. But if we don't have the awareness of this, it can be in the driver's seat in a way that can overtake our lives. And it's kind of how things are set up here. It's what we were kind of designed to do. We're born with veils over our eyes. And it's a way that we can keep our karma going. We all incarnate with a plate of karma. Whatever we haven't cleaned off our plate in a past life or whatever we've done will be on the receiving end of doing. So today I want to talk to you about some qualities of ego and qualities of soul. And also talk about some qualities that we can open our minds to and accept and embrace about healthy ego. Again, the ego is not the bad guy. It's just it's just about awareness, and that's what we like to do here on Empower Radio is open our minds and our hearts so we can live a more awake and aware life. So ego, when somebody says they have a big ego or it's, it's, it's a bad thing, it's a bad ego, it's a blown out of proportion ego, it's about being too externally focused. It's the part of us that feels very separate and is really overly concerned with how we may appear to others how others view us. So when we're in a great deal of ego, we can really be very afraid of criticism or judgment. This uh, can be when we are fear-based and we get too locked into um, taking care of only ourselves. It's the part of us that wants validation and is maybe competitive, that seeks to acquire, wants to get, wants to get love and get accolades, perhaps get possession so that they can feel superior because on some level the person that's in a lot of ego feels inferior so when we're in this inflated sense of self we want to be seen we want to be heard we want to be recognized or acknowledged although sometimes an overblown ego has a lot of guilt and shame and wants to hide because of this they're afraid that they will be seen it's an overcompensation, whether they're playing too big or too small. 
Again, the ego looks outside of oneself because they feel a sense of lack and discontent and not enoughness, not enough love, not enough things, not enough. And nothing can fill us up from the outside in that fulfills us or satisfies us for very long. So another thing that I think is important to consider and was very helpful for me to become aware of is that we're all different age souls on this planet. There's infant and baby souls. There's grade school and junior high souls. There's high school and those of us that want to go to higher levels of education. So what works for one person might not work for another. As a young soul, it can be kind of fun to flex our ego muscles and to be center stage and get the attention and accolades. It can be like, you know, having some junk food and that can be kind of fun. But after a while, as we reside on planet Earth a little longer, perhaps we're an older soul, even though we're playing in a younger playground, eventually this kind of thing is not going to feel satisfying or fulfilling. It's going to be time to grow up. And sometimes it takes the qualities of pain to inspire us to go to these higher levels of consciousness. I know this was true for me. I, as a young girl, wanted an ego-based life. I wanted to be in LA. I wanted to be married to a star. I wanted to be on the red carpets. I wanted to be a princess. And my ego got what it wanted. And then I realized this doesn't feel good at all. It was lacking the qualities of the soul. But sometimes we need to try something on to realize it doesn't fit. I went to the buffet and I got the big pink cupcake and then I felt kind of sick. So that inspired me to set very different intentions. If it's not all the stuff of the world that brings fulfillment and peace, what is it? And I didn't know. I just kept praying and talking to God. And I finally got to the place where I said, I want to know the truth. I want to live a life of truth, truth with a capital T. And I think that opened the doors and the floodgates for that connection and relationship with the divine. So now I want to talk to you about some of the qualities of a soulful life or a soul-based life. The soul is peaceful. It's accepting. It's love-based. The soul wants to serve and uplift others. It's more concerned about getting and sharing than getting. The soul loves to love. It seeks to validate and acknowledge and prize others. But also when we're living from the soul, we love ourselves. We are at the top of our list because we know we are aspects of the divine. And from that place, we have compassion. There's a sense of inclusivity rather than exclusivity. The soul is authentic. It looks within, introspective, and it knows God is in control. There's a sense of joy and flow and abundance. When we live a soulful life, we are grateful and gracious and enjoying the journey. When we live from the soul, we know that challenges are not because we are not loved, that they are an opportunity for growth. The soul wants to grow. The soul wants to share, connect, celebrate. When we live a soulful life, we are empowered. We want to become empowered and we want to empower others. We also know that God is in 
control. And when we're living an ego-based life, that is horrifying. (laughs) But when we're living a soul-based life, it's such a relief. So when we are more in touch with our soul, we are intuitive. We um, trust our gut. We live from that place of heart and knowing and faith. Your soul is simply the voice of love. So when we're living from ego, it's fueled more by the fear and mind, where the soul is connected more to the divine, to the universe, to spirit or God, however you want to refer to that, that energy that's moving the planets around the sun. So how do we live a more soulful life while we're still in our bodies? Again, it starts with awareness. And if you're hanging out with me, you're aware we're having this conversation. And it can take a lot of time to get to this place of awareness. It did for me for sure. Then we get to set our intentions. Like when I said, God, I want to live a life of truth. I want to open my heart. I want to be more connected to you. So it's setting the intention. And then, because we live on a planet of free will and choice, we personally, you personally need to extend that invitation. God's not going to kick you out of the car and get into the driver's seat, but he will maybe inspire you through pain. Pain is the universal great awakener. So this was true for me. I was finally in so much pain and nothing I did was working at all. I could not manipulate myself out of a paper bag. I could not make anything happen. So when it seemed I was completely out of ideas and resources, I finally said, okay, God, please help me. Please help me. Please help me. And he's like, finally, (laughs) I realized I must be a pretty strong soul to have gone to those depths before I finally extended that invitation. And when I speak of being on a planet of free will and choice, I do think that this is what it really all boils down to. Do we choose to co-create with God? Do we choose to invite God into our lives? I think this is the most important choice we can make. And once we do, it is guaranteed that God is with us. God is with us no matter what. But it's not until we extend the invitation that we are open and available to that relationship and to that love and to the grace and the support and the guidance that God wants to gift us with. He created us with love, by love, and for love. But it's not until we're ready to get on board with this process that we can really experience it. And I'm so grateful, so grateful for all the challenges that inspired me to finally have that sincere conversation and set that intention. And it's not enough to just do it once. You need to be consistent and diligent and disciplined with our intention, invitation, and conversation. So now what I'd like to do is talk a little bit about living a healthy ego life. And to me, this simply means living from our hearts. Again, what is the ego? It's that sense of self. It's that sense of being separate than others. But because we live on this planet where there's a lot of other people and this reality of duality, it is important to have a sense of self. The experience of being separate while we have the awareness of our oneness. 
I hope that makes a little sense. So one of the most important things that we will need if we want to have a healthy ego on planet Earth is that, that boundary, boundaries, healthy boundaries. So we can protect or maintain our connection to our heart and to God. If we don't have boundaries, we're for sure going to get steamrolled and taken advantage of and abused, rolled over. So to have that awareness, okay, I am a separate being. I'm me and you're you. And to have boundaries around that while having the intellectual understanding that on some level, we're all connected. We're all of the same source of love. So healthy ego boundaries. And so what I've learned is that we can pull our boundaries in or we can expand them out. I also like to view my boundaries as like a target or a bullseye. Like I'm in the very center of this target and I am sitting on God's lap. And this relationship is the most important thing in my life. And I do what I can to make sure that I stay aligned and connected. And for me, because I tend to be a little bit um, sensitive I need um, a lot of rest. I can't be out in the world too much, doing too much, or I start to get spread a little thin and can start to get uh, wobbly in my connection to the divine. So I have to take a lot of time and um, responsibility. I have to take personal responsibility to maintain that open, aligned, strong, solid connection to the divine. So I have to have boundaries awareness of boundaries and boundaries around that relationship. And then I have a handful of people that are the second ringers. Maybe they're the first ringers because that first one is just me and God, where it's like my husband, one of my favorite human beings on the planet and my sister, my, my very, very best friend. So I have a different kind of um, set of boundaries with them than I do say somebody I just met at the grocery store. Although I can be in my loving with them, I wouldn't be taking their call at two in the morning, right? So I have different types of relationships and different boundaries with different kinds of people. I have good friends, I have clients, I have peripheral friends, and then I have people that I just meet. Um, my intention with all of it is to live with an open heart, but the rules tend to be a little bit different with different types of relationships. So healthy ego, it's really about our awareness, self-awareness, healthy self-regard, a stable sense of oneself that can't be um, imploded or rocked by someone else's perception or opinion. You know, and especially if it's a peripheral person, like if somebody does a Facebook post and calls you a name or somebody on the street uh, flips you off, it's like somebody that is really in a lot of ego, that's going to, that's going to really, really make them mad or get defensive or go into some um, shame. It can be either outward um, projected or oriented or inward. It's like getting overly defensive or go into a great bit, a uh, great deal of self-doubt. So when we're in healthy ego, we have awareness of self. We have awareness of our personality. We have awareness of what we need to take care of ourselves. Like I'm aware that I'm sensitive and that I need a lot of personal time. I need a lot of sleep. It's, it's knowing ourselves and being able to take good, loving, 
kind, compassionate, gentle care of ourselves. So if we if we want something from our ego, it tends to be more motivated by fear, fear or seeking other um, people's attention or approval. When we want something from our soul, this is love-based, perhaps celebrating our connection to the divine. So many years ago, I went to um, this event with Abraham Hicks. You might know them. They speak of the law of attraction and wrote many really great books, Ask and It Is Given. Um, so I was very interested in their teachings. And I went to this thing and um, I had a big question I wanted to ask them. At this point in time, um, I'd had the life of red carpets. I had had the experience of, you know, fame and fortune, but it was on the coattails of another. So now I decided I want my own. I want to be successful in my own right. I wanted to be um, out there. And I had done a couple of television shows and some pilots and some commercials, but I wanted more. <laughs> and so I asked, I got to ask the question. I raised my hand. I asked them, I said, um, what if we want something that isn't for our highest good? Like a child who wants the hot pan on the stove and the parent is like, well, you know, that wouldn't be good for you. You really don't want that. So Esther said, well, why would you getting what you want not be good for someone else? And I thought, well, that's a good point. And I had to sit with that a little bit longer. She goes, if you plant the seeds, the plants will grow. You plant tomato seeds, you're going to have tomatoes. And I said, gosh, I feel like I've planted the tomato seeds and I'm not getting anything back. And I, you know what? I never did. And I realize now I wanted what I wanted from the posture of ego. On some level, I thought, well, I want to be of service. I want to help as many people as I can. I want to uplift all of humanity. Well, that's a pretty big job. That's a pretty um, huge task. I think Jesus was up for that. I don't think I really am, especially knowing myself as I do now with my delicate, rather delicate constitution. I'm more of a butterfly than an elephant. And I respect people that can do the heavy lifting. I have great respect for Esther with Abraham. I have great respect for Oprah Winfrey. I have great respect for people that are out there on the front lines doing the heavy lifting on this planet because it takes um, a specific kind of strength and constitution that I don't personally have. I am more of a butterfly. And now that I have this awareness and I allow myself to be who I am, my intentions have shifted dramatically. I remember at one point I was praying and I said, God, I just want to um, be out there and help people. I just want to be out there and be of service. And he goes, well, how many eyes do you need on you for your ego to be satisfied? I said, well, it's not about ego. And then I heard, well, isn't it? If it wasn't, wouldn't it be enough if it was just you and me? Well, that kind of stopped me in my tracks because it was a very good point. And I stumbled on a quote shortly thereafter that kind of drove this point home. It said something like, if you, if you, if me or if you were to legitimately really help three people in the world, and those three people help three people, it's not long before every in the world, everybody in the world has been uplifted and empowered and helped in some way.
So at that point, I decided to surrender my attachment to being out in the world. I wanted to bring my energy back to my heart, to my soul, and to source and commit to a soulful, healthy, ego-based life. And I think what this takes, again, is self-awareness, self-affection, self-compassion. It's confidence without being superior. It's a certain humility. There's a humbleness associated with it. It's the ability to recognize that, you know, I'm flawed and I make mistakes. But these flaws and mistakes don't rock us. They don't make us feel ashamed. So healthy ego has done enough introspection that they have been able to purge that sense of shame. Shame is one of the more challenging and toxic emotions that um, we have to deal with as human beings. And again, it's, it's an innate um, aspect of who we are because we are born into this perceived reality of separation. And as we clear and heal, surrender and dissolve our sense of separation and shame, this is when we really ascend in our consciousness and can live this life of more open-heartedness without being um, thrown into self-doubt when others don't look at us approvingly. Something really happens when we know how to apply compassion to our own wounds. I've heard it said and believe it's true. We heal when we bring love and compassion to the places inside that hurt. And as we do, we heal, we relax, we become whole. We ascend in our consciousness and are able to be in the world, but not of it. We can celebrate our unique self, again, without feeling superior or inferior. We can live from a wide open heart. And it feels so good when we can get to this place, living this life of incredible love, while also celebrating our uniqueness, our goofiness, our quirkiness, our um, particular brand of magic is able to shine in the world without trying to compare or compete. We're here to be of service in our own unique, bright and beautiful way. And from this place, what I have found is when people project anything negative onto me, I'm able to go, hmm, is that true? And if it's not, I can just have compassion. Compassion for the one that's doing the projecting. Because if someone's not hurting, they are in their loving. But you know what? Most people aren't living from that place. I read a great book years ago by Don Miguel Ruiz called The Mastery of Love. And he talks about visiting a planet. And you can see all these people on the planet are burned and they've got bandages on. It's like they've been in fires and they're just really wounded. And you'd really love to be able to go and give them a, a hug, but you can't because you know they're going to retract and pull away because it's so painful. And then he said, you know, that is what it's like here on planet Earth. But our woundings are emotional. 
So even though you want to approach somebody with love, though you cannot see their woundedness, they are hurting and they retract. And in the past, I would try to love people that were hurting and I was so um, devastated because they couldn't receive my love. Now I finally realize it's because they're hurting humans and that deserves compassion. And sometimes compassion from a distance is the most helpful and powerful thing that we can do. My teachers would say, give everyone the dignity of their reality. Give everyone the dignity of their process. The most important thing we can do, the most important thing I can do, the most important thing you can do is to come back to your center, your heart, and align with your soul. That's kind of why I call this radio show Journey to Center. It's about maintaining your connection and alignment to the divine. When we don't have this, we look to other humans to be surrogates for God, and we will always, always, always be disappointed. Because human beings, no matter how sincere their intentions, are not God. When we give our power away and make another our higher power, we're going to be hurt. False idols will fall. There's a quote I ran into years ago. It said, if you are, if you are disillusioned, it's because you were under an illusion to begin with. I was highly disillusioned in my life. So many people had let me down. But it's because I was trying to make them my higher power. I thought my fiance was going to be my prince and rescue me and we were going to live happily ever after. But it's not like two one-legged people can come together and walk like a whole healthy person. It's not like two people that have wounded inner children or are coming from that unhealthy ego place can connect and become finally healthy, healed, and whole. That only comes when we make our relationship to the divine our priority. And then God can be in his rightful place, her rightful place in our lives. And other human beings can simply be who they are. All of us just working our stuff out, clearing our karma, and hopefully getting to this higher vibrational frequency of connection, of alignment, of celebration. The way I perceive life these days is that it's a divine love affair. It's me and God, and we are talking and laughing and playing all of the time. It's a pretty great way to live. I don't think there were any shortcuts. I don't think there was any way of getting to hear from that really hurt place back then. It was like God was setting down breadcrumbs. And as I maintained my connection to God through conversation and meditation, each next step was revealed. Each next step was revealed. Each next step was revealed. And I want that for you too. If you want it for yourself. Again, we live on a planet of free will and choice. And so we cannot um, be ushered down this path if we don't extend the invitation and aren't consistent with that conversation. So just now what I would like to do, if you are open for it, is to do a simple prayer, a simple prayer, inviting spirit more fully into our lives. It's something I do every single day. And um, 
if this is something that appeals to you or resonates for you, I invite you to just open your heart and um, settle into that sanctuary within. And you can just inwardly say or see the word yes. So dear Father, Mother, God, Lord of all creation, just now, we invite you into this moment. And we ask, dear God, that you guide us and lead us on the path you would have us walk for our highest good and the highest good of all concerned. We ask for blessings of grace, of ease, of connection to you, dear God. We ask for love. Dear Father, Mother, God, Lord of all creation, we want to make our relationship with you more important, more of a priority. We want to feel and sense your presence. Please guide us with synchronicity, with Godwings, with great love. We thank you for all the blessings in our lives and all the blessings you have in store for us. We open our minds, hearts, and arms wide to receive them with grace and graciousness and ever-expanding gratitude. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And so it is. And thank you to you, my friend. Thank you for spending time with me and letting me be part of your life. If you have questions, thoughts, ideas, be in touch with me at TammyBPhD.com. Please know you're my heart. Meditation and prayers as we journey onward and upward, holding each other's hands, walking each other home. God bless you. Bye for now.